1: Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumlinks.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlinks Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlinks Podcast Network. I'd like to encourage you all to send in your questions for next week's episode. You can reach us on our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumlinks q You can send us an email, buffalorumlinks at sbnation.com facebook and instagram messages to the official buffalo rumblings account will get to me as well as we are in the middle of the long stretch of the offseason between the nfl draft and training camp uh, this is the the deadest time of our year but it's also the time when we, we have a lot of questions and things to discuss not necessarily breaking news and just reacting to uh, breaking news so get your questions in whether it's about roster building contracts um, just w- whatever Buffalo Bills topics that you know tickle your fancy, uh, we will answer those questions on Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. This week we've got some great roster-building questions um, and moving on into kind of that aspect of the offseason. So let's get right to it. We're going to start over on our email today. Alberto sends us an email at Rumlings at sbdation.com. Assuming you are comfortable with the play of both Spencer and Doyle, would there be a package that would tempt you to trade either Dion Dawkins or Daryl Williams? Um, I'm probably not trading Dawkins, but um, I'm certainly open to the option of trading Daryl Williams. I mean, there's always you know, a trade package that I'm willing to consider, just like Brandon Bean. I mean, the Bills gave Daryl Williams a $5 million signing bonus this offseason, so I'd be sort of surprised if if they moved on from him. Or, l- let me rephrase that. If I'd be surprised if they got a package that was big enough to move on from him. I think it's much, 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 much more likely that Daryl Williams is your starting right tackle in 2021, and then maybe a year from now... Um, that's when brown and doyle kind of take over the right tackle and uh swing tackle um and i do think it does um come down to to doyle's ability to step up to the plate like we know what brown's going to bring to the table i think um but he's also pretty raw as well so i mean a year from now the bills can get out uh from the contract um and save more than five million dollars by releasing Daryl Williams or trading him. Uh, but right now, I'm um, trading him wouldn't really save them anything. So uh, that would save them a million dollars on the cap and in actual salary paid. It's not exactly um, a really tradable contract right now. I think it's much more likely to happen a year from now than it is uh, to happen this off season. Thanks for your question. Over on our email at rumlings at SBNation.com. Over to Twitter, at Q and a Andrew asks us, Does either the offensive or defensive scheme and or certain plays change due to the players we've gained or lost? It's a great question, and looking at the... Free agent acquisitions, we'll start there um, as opposed to the draft guys. But the free agent acquisitions, you know, you can theoretically say that Emmanuel Sanders steps in for for John Brown. Uh, You can see that, you know, the Bills signed a a, a tight end, Jacob Hollister, to replace Tyler Croft. there's a couple players that I think have left that they can't really replace one for one. Lee Smith, uh, the blocking tight end. I think they're hoping that Tommy Sweeney can step into that role or they're going to completely eliminate that role. But you know, Lee Smith played a fair number of snaps in, in 2020, so they're going to have to replace that in some way, shape or form. And another guy um, coming back, as opposed to losing, is Star Lotulile. So uh, he's a guy, and we're going to talk about him in a later question as well. But Star Lotulile coming back should very much help their uh, run defense. I know he's kind of a guy that a lot of Bills fans love to hate on, but you know he allows their linebackers to make to, to stay clean to make the play, and eating blockers and eating space on the interior of their line they really didn't have that last year they threw a bunch of stuff against the wall to try and replace star last year and it just didn't work so he's the guy that i'm pointing to uh to answer this question of like you know what scheme changes are they going to doing it's not exactly scheme changes but they won't have to scheme around his absence they're going to be able to actually do what they want to do on defense, So the two players that I'm looking at for this and, and one on each side of the ball, Lee Smith, what are they going to do with that blocking tight end roll and start Latulale? What are they going to be able to do in the run game, uh, run defense that they weren't able to do last year because they were missing? Start Latulale. Let's circle back to Lee Smith for a second. He played 16% of the Bills offensive snaps last year, you know, which it doesn't feel like a lot. Um, it was the the third most among the tight ends on the Bills roster, but they also lost Tyler Croft, uh, their other their second leading snap getter at uh, tight end. But uh, 17% of the snaps is about half of what Zach Moss had. It's about uh, 70 snaps fewer than Isaiah McKenzie, and I think most people would say that McKenzie has a large role in the offense. So... You know, Smith had a decent size role on the offense and are they just going to try to slide uh, Nate Becker into that role or are they just going to hope that Tommy Sweeney is back full-time um, that's still a question or, or do they just want to spread it out and go four or five receivers you know a lot more often than not that's really the biggest question I have about the offense is that tight end position so a couple other I don't know. Maybe overlooked things. If you look at the backup quarterback position, I think Mitchell Trubisky does more than than Matt Barkley does. But hopefully, we won't have to see him play. Um, you know, are we really going to talk about how the the kick return and punt return is going to be different without Andre Roberts? It probably will be. Um, you know, are we going to talk about how Matt Hawk is different than Corbin Horquez? Probably not. So, I mean, those are the two big ones—one on offense and one on defense—and then if you want to lump in what they're going to do a kick returner, that's certainly going to be different as well. So, um, it, it really is a good question, and uh, very much looking forward to it in training camp and you know the first month of the season. Thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumblings Q and A, and that is with the word "and" spelled out in the middle of that. We're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. <laughs>
2: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: Before we continue with our questions, I wanted to briefly go over the Buffalo Bills schedule release and my six takeaways from the schedule that I saw When we first looked at the schedule, um, it was, of course, how many primetime games, how many featured games would the Buffalo Bills have? Having four primetime games plus another, at least one nationally televised game in that 425 p.m. window against the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Bills right now have five nationally televised games. They could have another one very easily if their game against the Carolina Panthers, in December is flexed to Saturday instead of Sunday. So I think that's the appropriate amount of of nationally televised games for the Bills. They don't have the most primetime games. The most primetime games are five shared by a whole bunch of other teams. I know a lot of Bills fans were worried and concerned why the Bills didn't have more home primetime games. But if you look at the Bills home schedule, you know, the game that I thought might be a primetime game that wasn't was the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers um and you can at least understand why it's not in the primetime because of how the Steelers fell off last year even though they had their hot start but you know having five featured games I thought was was the right number especially getting that Thanksgiving night game um that's just a cool game to be a part of the Bills kind of have an extra bye week because of that Thanksgiving game so that leads to my next point um they have 11 days off between games because they go from Thursday night to Monday night. And so it's like having an extra buy late in the year. Um, like most teams get, if they play a Thursday game, you know they get an extra couple of days off. But the Bills, because they're playing on a Monday night, they get even an extra day on top of that. So having an early buy in week seven isn't really going to help them. But having this late mini buy or you know mega mini buy, however you want to refer to it, uh, is going to be helpful. Uh, Three of four games at home. They start the year and end the year with three games at home in the span of four games. So I think that's pretty awesome. Um, They'll be able to lay a nice foundation at the beginning of the year and then also make a playoff push at the end of the year in the confines of Highmark Stadium. took me a second to remember what the name of the stadium was. Sorry. Uh, But because of that, they only have one home game in six weeks in the middle of the year. That doesn't mean they have five road games in that span. They also have a bye week in there. So just having one home playoff game or one home game in six weeks is uh, very odd. They do have an AFC playoff stretch in October, games against the Chiefs and Titans in consecutive weeks. Then they play the Dolphins after the bye. It's just going to be a a tricky little turnaround, just like it was last year. The Bills went 0-2 in those games last year against the Chiefs and Titans um, and then ended up only losing one more game the rest of the way. And then finally, the Christmas in New England tradition continues for five straight years. The Bills have have spent Christmas in New England, which, as I wrote in the article, sounds like a Bing Crosby movie, Christmas in New England. But the Bills, I mean, it's just one of those scheduling quirks. Like, I don't think that anybody's planning that out. It's just kind of how it's uh, shaken out. So um, those are my uh, six takeaways from the the schedule release last week we'll have some more coverage of the schedule this week uh, but we've already power ranked those week 15 games which we think uh, the bills are not very likely to be moved to saturday of of that week there's i think five games or six games and three up to three of them could be played on saturday and nationally televised contests and i just don't see the bills as one of the likely teams to do that because of who they're playing and because of the other games so you can check all that stuff out over at buffalorumblings.com I told you we would talk about star Latule again and Ron from New Mexico asks us after struggling to stop the run in 2020 without star, what is the plan if star gets hurt or is ineffective after sitting out a year? Yeah, that's actually why I had one tech defensive tackle is a pretty high need on my draft list going into the uh, 2021 NFL draft last month. Um, I think, I'm concerned with both the short-term and long-term prospects at that position, with Star being out for a year. What if he's not effective? What if he comes back and gets hurt? Um, what is the plan there? Because I don't think it's Harrison Phillips, short-term or long-term. So uh, it looks like what the Bills plan is is to just you know continue to send waves of players at that position. You know they have a lot of defensive ends that can kick down into the three-tech defensive tackle position, which to, in my mind means that you know, their backup plan is to move a couple of those three-tech defensive tackles to one-tech if they need to, which is essentially what they did last year with Ed Oliver taking some one-tech defensive um, tackle snaps a year ago uh, with the absence of of Star Latule. You got guys like Justin Zimmer playing out of position as well. You know, they just, you know, instead of going, trying to shoehorn in a one-tech defensive tackle at some point, they... um, decided that they were just going to play the best players on their defensive line and maybe give up some of the running game stuff. Um, They also, of course, had a couple players in for workouts after the draft, uh, a couple of uh, nose tackles and uh, big, beefy defensive tackles in for workouts. So it's at least obvious from that that the Bills are at least looking at upgrading that position still before training camp starts. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them add, you know, another defensive tackle, one tech defensive tackle between now and July or after, say, you know, roster cuts or the final roster cutdowns to see them, you know, swoop in and pick up another player at that point in time too. So it, I, I don't think that they're done there. I don't think that they see that as a position of strength on this team. So I think you might end up seeing them make another roster move at One Tech defensive tackle. Thanks for the question, Ron. Really appreciate it. Over on Twitter at Rumblings Q and A. Heading back to our emails. Joe Piliteri, uh asks us about the Bills and the chance of winning the AFC East. Uh, the Jets got a new QB, a solid left side of the line, sneakily solid wide receivers and competent coaching miami has a top three defense and added a linebacker and safety plus surrounded Tua with some good wide receivers and better protection new england is new england they had a down year and they just went on a spending spree part of me feels like the bills should win the division easily and go 12 and 4 this season Psst, i know it's hard but it's a 17 game season i have to keep thinking about it myself too um, sorry, uh, but I feel like there are a ton of trap games. I'm confident, but should we be legitimately concerned with at least Miami and New England? We have to worry about winning at Tennessee, Tampa, and Kansas City. And if we don't fare well in the division, we could finish third at 10 and 6. Um, well, I definitely I think we should be concerned with Miami if... If, if Tua takes a step forward this year, I mean, he was what was holding them back more than anything last year, I think. Uh, they won games with a lot of smoke and mirrors and defense and uh, big plays and turnovers, which aren't necessarily sustainable. So they're going to need him to step up this year if they want to be a legitimate contender in the AFC East or in the AFC in general. The, um, the New England Patriots don't necessarily scare me in 2020. They're going to have a rookie quarterback who I'm not very confident in, or Cam Newton, who I'm also not very confident in. So, yes, they got better on paper. They spent a lot of money, but I'm not necessarily worried that the Patriots are going to be some buzzsaw in the AFC East again. So it really comes down to the Bills and how you think that they can handle that next step, that next evolution as a team. Are the Bills capable of being the lead dog? You know, are... They keep We keep talking about playoff caliber and championship caliber and, and taking the next step. But now that they're we're one of the final four NFL teams last year, are they still going to be able to play with that chip on their shoulder? And I think they are going to be able to play with that chip on their shoulder. They lost to the Chiefs twice last year and are going to play them again this year. So obviously there's a measuring stick to be had there. But also, like, people are saying that they can't solve that problem. They can't get over the hump. The Bills have too many questions. Josh Allen had a fluke year last year. Um, he can't do it again. Um, whether you're talking about the offensive line, uh, everybody's saying that they should be replaced because the running game was so bad last year. Or you're talking about the defense and how they struggled against the run or how Tremaine Edmonds wasn't worth the fifth year option or Matt Milano wasn't worth his contract. Like each of these guys are going to be able to play with a chip on their shoulder. And as a team, they still have that to look forward to. They, they have fallen short again in the, on the biggest stage. And so I I think I'm not necessarily worried about their ability to overlook teams i i I don't i'm not worried about them overlooking other players or other teams and i don't think sean mcdermott's gonna let them overlook other teams you know that that was one of the things i was worried about kind of down the stretch last year as the bills didn't really have a whole lot to play for but then they you know put the boots to the denver broncos and and the new york jets down the stretch when they didn't really have to especially they came against the jets they could have been resting their starters and they didn't so um I just I feel like this team is still playing with the chip on their shoulder, and we'll see if that ends up differently in the 2021 season than it did down the stretch in 2020. But trap games or no trap games, I think this team is going to be pedal to the metal and just continue trying to get to you know that next level to, to get to the Super Bowl. So thanks for your question over on our email box buffalo at sbnation.com. As always, you can leave your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Q and a Email us messages to Facebook and Instagram on our official account. We'll get to me as well. Lots of stuff to talk about this offseason, and go Bills! <laughs>